you know, motherhood is overwhelming, but it's what you do with the overwhelm that's so important, whether you're seeking help, whether you're seeking whatever it is that you need to ensure that you are doing the best job that you can for yourself, for your children, for your family, and for whatever other responsibilities you have. Hey ladies, you're listening to the Mom Talks with Krista podcast. No matter where you're at in your mom and journey, we've got you covered. Each week we share insightful interviews from experts to everyday moms covering all aspects of motherhood. Really, no topic is off the table. You'll find honest conversations that help accomplish one key issue, getting rid of mom shaming. So if you want a judgment-free, open conversation, buckle your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. This is Mom Talks with Krista. Hi guys, you're listening to episode number 98 of the Mom Talks with Krista podcast. I hope you're having a great week so far. We have another exciting episode for you today. Dr. Wendy Bartley is here and she's talking all about overcoming overwhelm in motherhood. And we're going to get to her story in just a minute. First, some important community notes for you guys. Um, Just a reminder that this month is Baby Safety Month, so check out our page for some important resources, links, and posts regarding um, baby safety. It's a really important topic, and just it's just good to also be aware and be updated um, because things always change. You know what? What was considered safe 15 years ago, even five years ago for some cases, are not considered safe anymore. So just make sure you're up to date on what is considered safe for baby. Our next peanut pot is tomorrow, September 15th at 1 p.m. Just a reminder, we do them the first and third um, Thursday of every month at 1 p.m. Central. Um, We are talking tomorrow about negative thoughts and ways to retrain our brain. So the last um, peanut pod we did, we talked about kind of similar, but we talked about self-love and um, being kind to ourselves. And it was honestly one of my favorite most recent discussions we had. We actually went the full hour. We don't always, sometimes it's just 20 minutes, sometimes it's 45 minutes, but there was so much good discussion coming out of it that we kept it going the whole hour. So it was really great. But so I got a lot of messages from the moms after saying it was an amazing topic and that they are marking this on their calendar. So if this sounds interesting to you, mark it on your calendar. We are talking about reprogramming your brain. And this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because it was honestly a game changer for me when I started being a little more aware of how I speak to myself and what I surround myself with. You know, it's something that we all deal with from time to time and we don't always realize. We might have a really bad day and feel really down on ourselves and not actually stop to be like, well, wait, what did I do differently from today than I did yesterday? Or who did I surround myself with yesterday that might have affected my thoughts and feelings today? Because everything around us affects us in some way, right? Positively, negatively, maybe feeling bad about ourselves. And so when I kind of started noticing this a little bit more about who I was surrounding myself with, what kind of things I was reading on the internet or who I was looking at on the internet maybe, it all affected me differently. And so being more aware of it can really change how you view yourself, how you view your day. And I'm just, I'm really pumped to talk about it with you guys. We've kind of covered it before, but there's always new kind of things to talk about. And so this in turn, by retraining your brain, 
allows you to give more grace to yourself, feel more empowered and in control of your day, right? Because there's so many of those times where we're like, I don't know why I just feel like crap today. Don't really know why. So by checking in with ourselves and asking ourselves questions and really realizing what we're surrounding ourselves with, we are more empowered in our day and just overall enjoy life better. It's all about perspective. And now this is not to say, you know, just think positive or um, we just only need to be positive all the time because there are very real situations and real hurt people have real issues in the world that need to be addressed. And we can't just think positively. They're not going to just go away, right? There's there's definitely like a, like a gray area to it, right? Because just thinking positive can ignore those realities of those situations, those issues that people might be going through. However, changing our perspective can teach us to understand that there are more things that we can do or accept or give ourselves grace because maybe we're just being hard on ourselves for a situation that we literally have no control over. So giving ourselves grace. So it's all about perspective, changing our perspective in our daily lives and just being more aware of what's affecting us and our negative thinking. Uh, So I hope you will join me for that one. It's going to be a great discussion. And if you're confused of how to join, so you're going to just join the peanut app and it kind of looks like this. If you're just listening to me, you're not going to be able to see it, but you're basically going to press at the bottom. You can click a little icon at the bottom that looks like pods. So you have to actually sign up for the app. They are very safe talking about being safe. Peanut is very safe because when I signed up for the app, you actually have to use facial recognition. They're not going to let bots on there. They're not going to let just anyone on there. You have to answer a series of questions and they want to make sure you're right for the, for it too. So I've never, I felt, I always feel very safe. I should say, I don't, I never felt more safe in an app before. So you join it, you have to put in your information and then go to the pod section. Also an easier way to find it. If you're listening to this show, you know the name of it, Mom Talks with Krista. That's the name of my group on Peanut Pod. So just search Mom Talks with Krista and I will share my pods on there as well. So I know a lot of people are really new to this. And frankly, if they didn't come to me and tell me about this pod, I don't know if I would have an easy time finding it. So you can always let us know if you have trouble. And then another thing I would love you guys to join. If you're new here, we also have our Facebook room and that's once a month. It's typically the first week. Typically, I'll do it on the Wednesday, the first Wednesday of the month. This is a face-to-face virtual meetup where we connect on different topics. We usually do like a little introduction. So think of it more as like a community kind of meetup. These kind of came more popular during 2020 when, you know, you couldn't go as many places. Of course, now things are opening up, but it's still hard for a lot of women, moms to get places. So I even have some moms do it, you know, when they have a break at work or they'll just put the audio on when they're on their way to work or, you know, something like that. So whatever works for you, it works. We just do like little introductions. We usually have some kind of topic similar to peanut pods, a little bit different. And then we just kind of just discuss different things. Maybe someone's going through a hard situation and is wanting some like real authentic feedback from other moms. And so we have really great discussions there. And then the way to learn and know about our upcoming Facebook rooms is of course running our Facebook group. And if you're not in our Facebook group, the link is in our show notes. You can join the Facebook group. We now have over 30,000 moms, which is just crazy. I can't even 
I can't even fathom the fact that we've over 30,000 moms in our group. I took over the group and we had like 120 or something like that. So it's really, it's really quite cool to see. We have so many moms from all over the world, not even just the US, like it was originally. We have people from literally, I've seen like tons of countries on there. And it's just really cool to connect in motherhood, connect with one another, ask questions, get support. And I just, I can't say enough great things. So if you're looking for that connection, check out our group. It's called the new mom breastfeeding and more support group by mommy knows best. I know it's a mouthful, but if you just remember the beginning you can get in there. Okay. And the link is in our show notes as well. And finally, if you're currently pregnant or, you know, towards the end of your pregnancy, Maybe you just had a baby um, and you're planning on breastfeed. Maybe you're having some issues or you have some questions and you don't really know where to start. We have created a free breastfeeding starter pack for all those interested um, that goes right into your inbox. You'll find three different sections. These are based on our biggest questions that we get on our Facebook page, our Instagram, and that we see in the group, all free. All you do is put your email address in. It goes right to your inbox. So the three sections it includes is the stages of breast milk. Um, because we get a lot of questions about the stages of breast milk. Um, you know, people say like, well, I'm currently pregnant. What is this coming out right now? You know, so it talks about colostrum. It talks about more mature milk. It talks about just the different stages. So you kind of know what to expect when. Um, and then maybe one to see a lactation consultant if it's not, if you're not kind of seeing what you think you should be. The next section is the breastfeeding starter pack, which includes how to kind of put together this starter pack while you're pregnant. There's a little checklist in there that you can make sure you have everything because it just makes it easier to kind of have a little breastfeeding basket in your, in your space. So it talks about a list of recommended, recommended items that you can kind of put in this area. And then finally tips for boosting your milk supply. That's the number one reason people come to mommy knows best. They want to know tips to boost milk supply. So we share a little bit on that. And the, one of the biggest misconceptions is that you just do one thing and it's going to be a magic potion. Oh, I power pumped. Why isn't it working? Oh, I drink more water. Why isn't it working? Oh, I ate a lactation cookie. Why isn't it working? So you have to combine forces. You have to, and it's different for everyone. So some people can just drink a lot of water and eat lactation cookies and they'll be fine. Some people power pump and drink water and it will increase. Um, some people have to work on their stress. Maybe they start meditating. So there's lots of different things that you can be doing, but know that it's unfortunately not just one button that you can do and you're going to notice this huge surplus. It's work. It's effort and you got to kind of see what works for your body. Everybody has a different com composition. So it's going to be different for everyone. So these are our top areas. Like I said, top areas of questions. There's a link in the show notes. You can click, put in your info. It'll all be downloaded right to your inbox. Okay. Now to today's guest. I know I've blabbed a lot, um, so I won't go too far, but we have Dr. Wendy Bartley and I cannot say enough great things about her. She talks about overcoming the overwhelm of motherhood. She shares an amazing story about finding out she was pregnant with twins when her son was only seven months old. So talk about feeling overwhelmed. She really uh, had jumped right into being overwhelmed at that point, you know? So she had to work really hard at finding a balance and this pushed her into the work she does today. And I'm just gonna stop talking about it because we have an amazing episode an amazing intro that I already put together for you guys, but I just, I really love talking to Wendy. So 
check her out. Here's the episode and meet me back at the end for our mom tales of the week. This is a really good one. We had so much fun reading through these responses. All right. I'll see you guys at the end. You know, when I prep for these interviews, I do a lot of research and I put some, like a lot of different questions together. So, you know, everything can run smoothly. And this interview in particular, I was just so astounded by everything she said. We just, we kind of went off the original path that we're going to talk about. And she just had so many profound thoughts and experiences to share with motherhood and advice for moms right now. And the biggest takeaway, which I'm going to let you guys listen in the episode, but the biggest takeaway is that you have to define motherhood for yourself. You cannot let society define it for you or who you should be. And I just, I love when she said that. I thought it was so beautifully said. And we just have a really amazing conversation about tips for overcoming your own overwhelm and beyond. And for how how to take care of yourself too. Because we know we constantly hear self-care, self-love, but if we are in the hustle and bustle and trying to take care of everyone around us, it sounds near impossible. So she shares some really important, important thoughts and her own experiences for moms that want to overcome overwhelm. So without further ado, I, I'm just so excited for you to hear this episode. She was someone I think I could have talked to all day because she had just so many interesting things to say. And I just really enjoyed talking with her. So without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Wendy Bartley. Enjoy. Before we get started, can you just tell everyone who you are, what you do, and we'll kind of go from there. My name is Wendy. I am a a wife. My husband almost 10, no, almost eight years. We're adding years, (laughs) almost eight (laughs) years. And we have three children, our son who is three, he'll be four in October. And then our twin girls who are two and a half years old. Uh, professionally, I am a doctor of physical therapy, and I have spent over nine years really coaching people at the lowest point of their lives. And my professional work has allowed me to merge my um, physical therapy work as well as working with first-time moms in a way that brings about postpartum wellness at the holistic levels spiritual, mentally, physically, emotional, uh, postpartum wellness. Oh, I love that. So how did you kind of make that decision to merge? Was it through your own kind of journey and kind of figuring out overwhelm and kind of what you kind of needed? Yes, it definitely was my own journey. Uh, when I became a mom and we had our son 2018 and what I found was that what I thought motherhood was, did not match up with what I was actually experiencing. So what I was seeing in society and what I was actually um, seeing in just even other people and what television was showing as motherhood, I got into it and I was like, this, I've never been told this. (laughs) And this being, I felt very overwhelmed. I felt unprepared. I felt like I didn't know myself. Um, I had a lot of difficulty trying to navigate. This was even, I would say, maybe five months after I had my son. So it wasn't immediately, but it was that my own struggle that I began to really do the work of trying to figure out what is going on. 
I did not have the symptoms or the red flags that would say, oh, I have postpartum depression Mm -hmm. and I was never diagnosed with postpartum depression, but I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was hard to go to say to the doctor and they're like, well, you don't have, here's a screening and you're passing all the tests of of sorts, Mm -hmm. but something wasn't right. So it was really my own work of trying to get to the bottom of what I was experiencing. Um, There are a lot of, I feel there's some mothers out there who are not necessarily dealing with postpartum depression, but they're dealing with something that they know something's not right. Mm -hmm. So that's really been my work, uh, getting to to catch and to help those women who are like, I'm still having a hard um, adjustment to motherhood. Yeah. No, I love the work that you do. I think that's so important because you made a good point about it's almost like you're being put into a box, you know, like, well, if you don't check these boxes, then you don't have it. It's like, but you have to listen to your gut. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe I don't have, you know, the textbook Mm -hmm. or what, what you're trying to tell me, but I know something's off. And so I think it's a good um, lesson to people listening that you are your own, you know, you have to kind of diagnose yourself in some ways and be mm-hmm. like, okay, something feels different than it did before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and that's really, um, you hit the nail on the head. Something feels different than it did before. And, you know, the hallmark is two weeks, you know, a month or two within a month or two, you should kind of hormonal levels are getting back to normal after you have a baby, not everything, but that's really the window that you're given. And so when you start to see that things are kind of continuing past what is normal, Mm -hmm. then you really want to be able to, to reach out and get help. And whether that means you're being told, Hey, there's nothing wrong. It's just the adjustment. That's fine. But the, one of the, the hard things that you can do is leave it up to chance, you know, like, well, it is what it is. This is what, this is what motherhood is. Um, There's some people who have made it, but I think there are a lot of lasting, I'm reading a book, the body keeps the score. Mm -hmm. And it talks about trauma, which I believe motherhood is for some people, a traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. And so when you ignore some of those things. You can be okay in that moment, but what happens um, afterward, there's some things that really still need to be dealt with that I really believe being able to tackle things head on when we, when we experience them is so important. You kind of talk about this story that you say it's kind of like funny for you now, or kind of like a growth moment for you now, but going to the pediatrician's office with your son when he was first born, kind of like a moment of realizing like, Oh yeah, I'm the person solely responsible for this child. Yes, it was my my son's birth was a it wasn't very traumatic, but it was a stressful time because my husband and I were transitioning to a new city. I just quit my job, I was pregnant, and so I was about to have the baby. My mom came to help us out and his first visit to the pediatrician we're all sitting in the room I was very disconnected from the moment very disconnected I felt like I was in the room but I wasn't there fully Mm. 
So I, I was even sitting on a chair while my husband was on the table with my son. My mom was sitting right beside me. The doctor comes in and she asked a question. She looks him over that everything looks good. He looks great. She asked a question. I think it had to do with vaccinations and it was, it probably took like a couple seconds, but it felt like forever <laughs> in that I look, I'm, I look up in that moment. I looked up, the doctor's looking at me. I look at my husband who's looking at me. And then I look at my mom and she's looking at me. I'm like, yeah, everybody's looking at me. And it was really that moment uh, was my, the moment that I realized this falls on me. Mm. Like, yes, my husband and I will have conversations about the best care for our children, but there's some things I'm going to take a lead on. And this is one of those moments. And I appreciate what my mom did for me in that moment, because I'm the youngest of four girls. My mom could have easily stepped up and be like, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. But she really let me have the space that I needed to experience that transition of sorts, to know that this is, this is you, this is your responsibility for the next, however many years it's going to take for you to be able to take that role of, of mothering, of nurturing um, my children. And I'm sure so many women, so many moms listening can relate to that moment of, I mean, first being in the room, like physically, yeah. but maybe not mentally, like there's mm-hmm. so much going on mm-hmm. and kind of thinking like, you know, like the doctor's got it from here or yeah. you know, I've got help around me. And then the other part of it is like, you know, someone asking a question and kind of be like, oh wait, like this, this is it. Like this is, <laughs> this, this is it. where the, the journey's kind of like starting. I kind of have to like, yeah. you know, figure it out. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really important story to share because I think so many people can relate to that, really yeah. to that feeling. Yeah. And also I think it's a good, good, almost like self-check again to be like, okay, am I physically here? Where am I mentally? Like what's kind of going through my mind right yeah. now? Asking yes. those questions. Yes. I think it's so important to really check in with ourselves mentally. I was listening to something yesterday as they were talking about frequency versus consistency. And that you can do something frequently, but that doesn't mean you're being consistent with it. Mm-hmm. And really the need of being intentional as, as a first time mom, being intentional about checking in with where you are mentally. Sometimes we can get lost in the physically, I feel better. You know, the doctor said six, eight weeks and mm-hmm. I'll be good and I'm good to go. And so we sometimes feel as if, if I'm physically okay then I'm okay emotionally and I'm okay mentally. And that's not always the case. Healing, especially one of the things that I found was that the healing that takes place after you have a baby, it's a a very wide spectrum. So physical, emotional, mental, all of that healing is not in one place. Just because your physical healing doesn't mean you have emotional healing and doesn't mean that you have mental healing. Mm -hmm. Or you can have the mental healing has taken place, but you're still struggling physically and you're still struggling emotionally. Whatever the case, you have to look at those, the healing as three different things, aspects to your whole holistic health and healing. And so really making sure that the mental and the emotional aspect doesn't go under the radar Mm -hmm. because many times we can be dismissive. 
because we don't talk about it. You know, there are a lot of us that we we're finding out now. I think God, we're talking about it more, but it still doesn't capture every single one out there and every single story that we we may be struggling with being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood is overwhelming. Um, and it's but it's what you do with the overwhelm that's so important whether you're seeking help, whether you're seeking whatever it is that you need to ensure that you are doing the best job that you can for yourself, for your children, for your family, and for whatever other responsibilities you have. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a really good point about, and it kind of goes back to the, you know, feeling like being a part of a box or checking off the boxes is, you know, a lot of times, you know, if we feel a certain way and we go in, they're like, well, physically you're great. You know, you, you pass the test, you know, you're, everything comes back great. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're right. We like kind of then dismiss ourselves like, well, I'm, I'm healthy, like on paper, yeah. everything's good without yeah doing that, those important check-ins. I mean, like, well, that can all say something, but I don't feel great. Or yeah. I still feel like I'm not physically here when I need to be, or yeah. I'm not doing things for myself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really, really important question for like, for our audience to ask themselves, like, you know, are we kind of feeling like, how are you, how are we feeling? All right. All the areas. Yeah. You might be physically healthy, but maybe emotionally you're kind of dealing with some things. Right. Right. Yeah. That's it. One of the things that I truly believe in, and it was a wake up moment for me as well in my motherhood journey was that they talk about your maternal instincts, right? Your maternal instincts are going to kick in and you are, you're going to be able to take care of baby. One of the harsh realities for me that made me really start to, to research and, and, and begin the help and the healing that I needed was the reality that maternal instincts are not for me. They're for the baby. Mm. Maternal instincts are not for me. They're for the baby. So the baby more often than not, there are a lot of eyes on the baby. As soon as you have the baby, there are a lot of eyes on the baby. Mm-hmm. Hence why you're going for appointment to appointment to appointment, what seems like almost every month for a while before you space them out to six months or a year and whatnot. It goes to show you that there's a priority in making sure that the baby is taken care of. Mm-hmm. But there's a reality that for us as mothers, after that checkup with the OB, there really is not much follow-up taking place, especially if you are quote unquote healthy. If you Mm -hmm. have healed physically, you don't go back to see the OBGYN until a year later for a follow-up unless if something comes up. So the question is, who is looking after you? Mm -hmm. And Many times what we have to do, and and it seems almost like a disservice that sometimes some mothers are like, so you're telling me I'm taking care of the baby and I have to take care of me. Unfortunately, yes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you are your own physician in terms of getting in tune with how you are doing and how you're feeling Mm -hmm. and then being able to reach out and seek the help that you need. One of the things that uh, one of the programs that we have created and, and I coached first time moms through is called New Mom, New Me. And it's a program that takes rebuilding you a first time mom after childbirth. Mm-hmm. And one of the difficult parts of 
the transition into motherhood is that loss of identity. Mm-hmm. So when you when you feel as if you don't know who you are anymore, you are you feel confused and you feel lost and you feel empty. It takes a lot of intuitiveness. And that means creating space for you to be in tune with yourself. Because if we, if I, if I, like I just said, if maternal instincts are already there to clue you into what's going on with baby, you have to develop your own instincts to clue you into what's going on with you. And that way you can then be able to seek out the help that you need, but it takes you actually creating those instincts that are strictly for you, right? Yeah, that's so powerful what you just said about maternal instincts is for the baby. It's not, you're not born with these instincts to take care of yourself and they're not developed unless we really work on that and prime that pump. And I think, yeah, you make such a good point about once you have a baby, all eyes are on the baby, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to take care of the baby, Mm -hmm. but you also have to be the advocate for yourself because only you are going to know when things feel off, when things are, are not fully to where they should be. Mm -hmm. Um, and really asking yourself those questions. I mean, yeah. it's, it's such a, a powerful point to make because I think so many people think that if I'm not, or if I'm taking care of myself, then I'm not being a good mom because I'm not taking enough care of the baby. And it's this kind of like backwards notion of every, everything's fine as long as the baby's taken care of, but you're going to do a better job taking care of your family if you take care of yourself. This podcast is sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. Are you looking for a lactation cookie that's not only effective, but tastes good? Mommy Knows Best offers an assortment of lactation cookies, brownies, and our newest ready-to-eat lactation cookies, perfect for our on-the-go moms. We offer six different flavors, including a dairy and gluten-free option. And let me tell you guys, you would not even know it's dairy and gluten-free unless someone told you. It's, It's so good. Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. With an assortment of lactation treats and supplements that contain all natural herbal remedies, traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat low milk supply. Whether you're a new mom or a pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. Right now, Mommy Knows Best is offering 20% off when you use the code MOMTALKS at mommyknowsbest.com. That's M-O-M-T-A-L-K-S for 20% off. Agreed. (laughs) I absolutely agree. and. Because I I talk about society a lot because it really defines motherhood for us. And it's it's a disservice to moms. It's a disservice to really everyone who has a child, period, Uh, whether you're actively raising them or not, for society to define what motherhood is. And there's a sacrificial component to motherhood, which I'm for. I think it's a part of the nurturing spirit of a mother, but I do not believe in sacrificing every part of you at your own expense. Mm -hmm. I dare say I challenge anyone who does that because if you're not taking care of you, 
you're not taking care of your family mm-hmm. in the way that you want to. Right. Yeah. So there's this notion that uh, I, I teach a lot, which is pour into your cup first, first pour into your cup. You got, you have to fill yourself up first before you can begin to really take care of your child, before you can begin to take care of the other responsibilities that you have around you. Mm -hmm. If you're not able to do that, it's very hard. It's very difficult. Motherhood is already hard and difficult on its own. We're discovering things as we go. There's no, there's no guideline. There's, there's no book that will tell you exactly what you need to do in order to ensure that the little humans you've been, you've been given responsibility over would turn out to be these awesome human beings down the road, adults that are changing the world and doing all it's literally you, you're doing as you go learning as you go. So there is no manual. And that's why it's so important to tune into you and make sure that you are, like you said, you use the perfect word, you're, the, you're your own advocate and you are taking care of you first so that you can in turn be able to take care of everybody else. I give the analogy about, you know, you put gas in a car, in the car. I know that's a hot topic right now, especially with gas prices, <laughs> but <laughs> we've all probably at some point or another experienced that moment where you're driving, you're driving, you're driving, and you know that if you don't put gas in the car, the car is going to stop, but you have a destination to go to. So you have a responsibility to put gas in the car to make sure that you get to where you want to get to. At some point, if you don't put gas in the car, the car is going to stop. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, if you as a mother do not consistently pour into yourself, you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. And that's going to affect not only you, but it's going to affect your children. It's going to affect your spouse, your family. It's going to affect your responsibilities, whether it's at work, family, friends, it all ties together. And the link between all of all of those responsibilities is you. Mm-hmm. And so really pouring into yourself, that's one of the things that I teach. And it's a hard thing, like you said, Krista, because it's selfish. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I would rather be selfish knowing that I'm good. And in turn, my three children, my husband, my family, my friends, and everything else, all of that is good. Mm-hmm. Then they be good and I'm burning out. I I would rather be selfish. So motherhood is selfish. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Let's celebrate the fact that <laughs> yes. you have to be selfish. You have to be selfish because babies are selfish too. <laughs> babies are very selfish when they come out of that womb. They want you to feed them. They want you to take care of them. And guess what? They don't even have to say anything. All they have to do is cry. They're not even talking yet. And you're very in tune with what they need. At some point, your body is going to start crying out too. At some point, your body is going to start having hunger hunger pain. Your body is going to start saying, I need you to take care of me. Yeah. And so really being able to do that and that takes a selfish decision and that's okay. 
Yeah. I think it's that like negative connotation along with like self-care and like taking Mm. care of yourself is selfish. And it's like, we need to like change that dialogue around it. Absolutely. Um, Because in order to be our best selves, we have to be able to take care of ourselves. Yes. Right. And so what, for those listening, because we hear it a lot too, you know, when it comes with self-care, it's like, or taking care of ourselves, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't have the time. I'm busy. I'm doing all these things. So how can women listening fill their cup or take care of themselves? And just for those, you know, on the go, busy, you know, busy moms, like, you know, all moms are. So how, what are those kind of tips for for those moms that say they're too busy for self-care? Yeah. So one of the things that I, that I have discovered and that I I practice is that first things first, self-care is very specific. And that's one of the things that I teach is that you have to customize it to you. Mm. You can't just go on Google and find self-care things to do to take care of myself. And they'll give you a whole list of things. And then you just start from one to 10, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this because they said to do this. No, I believe self-care There are two things that self-care has to do for you in order for it to actually work for you. One, self-care sustains and self-care satisfies, Mm -hmm. right? The two S's, self-care sustains and satisfies, and it only sustains and satisfies you. you. You and I can have similar things that sustain and satisfy us, but at the end of the day, it's very specific to me. So the first thing you need to do is define what sustains and satisfies you. Mm -hmm. So once you have that definition, you then make your list of what those things are. And then you begin to pick what you can do right now. What can I do right now? So in this moment, this is self-care for me, being able to share my journey with you, being able to share the work that I've I've been doing, being able to share about the lives that I'm I'm able to change and transform that I'm I'm able to work with. To me, this is self-care. To somebody else, self-care may be, I just need to close my eyes for two minutes so that I can take a breath. Mm-hmm. And when you're a first-time mom, you will find that two minutes may be all you have. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing in that two minutes? That's not taking away or robbing away from what you actually really need, right? So we, I teach a lot about the time that you have is yours. So you get to pick and decide what you what you need and want to do with it. This is not a popular thought, <laughs> but you have the time you need to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And many times as mothers, especially when we're overwhelmed, we say, oh, my goodness, no, I have to do the dishes. I have to do the laundry. I have to take the, the children to doctor's appointments. I have my own appointments. I have this, I have that. I have, to, I have to make dinner. I have to, all of the lists of things to do. You have the time you need in order to do what you need to do. So the other thing that needs to happen is scheduling. Right? You have to put a schedule that works for you. I live and die by a schedule. Mm-hmm. I would not be able to be in front of you right now with three <laughs> toddlers under the age of four <laughs> and a family and a hus- household if I did not have a schedule. So I'm very big on scheduling 
And as a first time mom, like I said, if you only have 20 minutes, if you only have five minutes, if you only have one minute, what are you doing in that time that's going to sustain you and satisfy you? Then the other thing is you also want to look at it long term. So immediately, what are you going to do for self-care? And then um, I have a therapist. She's amazing and she's wonderful. My therapist, one of the things she taught me was you have to look at self-care from the standpoint of what can I do today? What can I do this week? What can I do this month? And what can I do this year? Mm. So it's continual. It's something that continues to happen. And it's not just a haphazard thing. If you know you have a year to plan for a trip, that a big trip, that's, that's a big deal. But if you actually take the time to be intentional about planning, not only immediately, but tomorrow, a week, in a week, in a month, in a quarter, in a year, what am I going to do? That's also very important. So yes, we may not have time. And a lot of times we don't have time because we've put everything here. Mm -hmm. It's not written down. So yeah, when here I have 10 things that I've listed, you're right. You don't have time. (laughs) But when you write it down and you begin to prioritize, it makes the world of a difference. Say, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to get to the laundry because I need to do A, B, C, and D. Now you started to organize some things. And one of the things that I've come up with is a guide for first-time moms that uh, can help with overcoming overwhelm is what I've I've, uh, titled it. And it teaches you the one strategy that I feel first-time moms can really benefit from that will help with the overwhelm that they experience after giving birth. And it teaches tips and tricks of exactly what you need to do in order to help you with your day-to-day, but Mm -hmm. also just life in general. Amazing points too about like you have the time. It's like how you're going to kind of use it. I think it too has like self-care has a lot to do with like intention Um, because like you could maybe wake up every morning and make coffee, like automatically not really being present in it. But if you're like, I'm making my flavored coffee that I love and I'm going to sit and like couple minutes of silence and just mm-hmm. smelling the coffee and be present in it. I think that's totally different than, you know, kind of robotically moving through the day. So setting those kind of intentions of things that like mean something to you, yeah. maybe they're small or simple, like lighting a candle or having a diffuser, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the little things that make you pause. You're right. It's little things that make you pause. And I truly believe uh, I had a post one time where I said, Motherhood is mother nature's way of making sure you never do things on autopilot ever again, Mm. because it will teach you about presence, not only just your children, but just the day to day duties that you are responsible for, that you may not be able to outsource to get a cleaner to come to your house. You may not be able to outsource to get somebody to come and, and deliver food, to get Uber, to come to your home. So It is mother nature's way of saying, slow down. I need you to be present. Mm, Yeah. And so those little things that you just highlighted, so true. It makes the world of the difference when we become present. And that was one of the things that really shook me to be able to say, no, this is not normal, was that I remember one time, I'll give this quick story, one time uh, after our twin girls were born, we were in the nursery 
three kids were playing, um, big brother and, and sisters that were playing and, and my husband, their dad was playing with them as well. And I was sitting on the side and I had this moment where I was looking at them playing. I was smiling and they they were excited, the giggles, everything, but I felt disconnected again. Mm-hmm. And I asked myself, why? I don't want to be in a room where there's so much joy, Mm -hmm. but I cannot take part in the joy Mm -hmm. because I feel so disconnected. So learning how to be present, it's a hard thing to do because of the mental load that we carry as mothers. But it is a necessary thing to do because, as they say, the years go by so fast. I used to hate that term, but now I'm seeing it when I'm almost four years in with my son. Like, oh, man, the time is moving fast. Mm -hmm. But to really be able to be present, like you said, makes the world of a difference. And kind of talking about overcoming overwhelm, you and your husband found out you were expecting twins when your son was like, what, seven months or so? Seven months. And so what was that, I mean, initial reaction like, and then how did you guys kind of move through, you know, once the twins were born, how did you kind of carry through, you know, kind of managing a very overwhelming situation? We're still managing. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, it was shocking. Interestingly enough, I believe, um, I'm a believer and I, and I believe that God plans all things in his time. So seven, eight months into my, our son being born, I did, I I found out I was pregnant after telling my husband, like, I'm not pregnant. He's like, you probably should go get checked out. I was like, no, I'm fine. We went on a trip and I remember a week before we left, I tried on a dress and Exactly a week later, I tried the same dress on for an event and I was like, babe, it's not zipping. I was so upset. I, it was, it was insane. What happened that day? I, was, I don't know what's going on. Needless to say, we came back afterward. I got a pregnancy test and we found out I was pregnant. So we had this conversation, my husband and I about, well, what if I wanted three? Cause we had initially talked about, we wanted two kids. And I said, babe, what if I wanted three? And my husband said, God told me I can only do two. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that was a, I give that story to preface what actually happened because we really had a deep conversation. My husband and I, for lack of a better term, I think if I had more time, I'd I'd give a different, stronger term about the deep conversation. Right, right. <laughs> but whatever the case, we go for the ultrasound, and the ultrasound tech is, you know, doing the scanning, and she's not saying anything. And I'm looking at the screen, of course, with a health uh, background. I'm looking at the screen, like, hmm, I don't know what's going on there, but I see two little holes. I don't know what's. <laughs> happening but so she's quiet she's scanning she's scanning she's scanning and then she goes oh I see two little boogers in there I said no you don't no you don't (laughs) she's like yeah I said no you do not you do not see two in there there's only one in there and then my husband was carrying our son and he was so shocked but in that moment because he was carrying our son he just had to like tunnel vision like right now I can't drop our son kind of thing but it was 
that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> but more than anything, I wasn't working. So it, it, it forced me or allowed me, I'm not going to use the word force because it allowed me to be able to completely commit to I'm staying home. I'm staying home. This is what it is. And it was tough. It was very, very tough because it was a a high risk pregnancy because they were identical twins. Mm -hmm. And so we had a lot going on, but what helped us manage the overwhelm was community. Mm -hmm. Family stepped up for us in such unimaginable ways that we know without our family, without our church family, without our friends, we would not be where we are now. Um, Because I was on bed rest for a good part of my, of my pregnancy. And so, and then my husband and I having honest conversations almost each night, the whole thing of checking in, checking in with each other. So even if I wasn't able to sometimes check in with myself, we were checking in with each other and mm-hmm. having conversations. How are you doing? Because he, my husband took on a, a lot, a, a big load because I'm on bed rest, because we still have a, a young seven, eight month old who is still growing because I was breastfeeding him for a while. A lot was taking place, but community, um, authentic, real conversation. And then me giving myself permission to rest. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a privilege because there's some who are not able to, but if you're not able to, to not work, if, if, if you're not able to take time off to be at home, especially under such circumstances, really leaning into community Mm -hmm. and really leaning into the support system that you have around you is so important. And it's what also made the difference for us. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Asking for help in community is, is huge. And so what do you think? So for moms listening or new moms or moms that are currently pregnant, what's the number one thing you think they need most? So I believe that first time moms need to define who they are as a mom. Mm. First thing. Uh, one of the things that um, I I made a diagram about the who, what, and the how of motherhood. And that when you know who you are, you know what to do. And when you know what to do, you know how to be an intentional, purposeful mom and to lead a mom life that you really want to. So first of all, it's defining who you are as a mom. Who do you want to be? Who are you now? Who who are you now before you even have a child? Who are you? What are your values? What are your principles? And then who are you as a mom? That takes into account me Mm. as a person, right? So motherhood is not about forgetting me and just going all in into motherhood, but it's really about defining who I am as a mom and as a woman. And when I know who I am, I'm able to really work into, based on who I am, what do I need to do to honor that mm. every single day? Yeah, I love and, that. And when I know what I need to do, 
how do I go about Mm -hmm. doing that? Right. So many times I feel we need to define it for ourselves. We cannot let society define it for us. And there is no one definition. There shouldn't be because it's all different experiences. And so when we take the moment to say motherhood is my definition based on what I believe, based on my values, based on my principles, based on how I want to raise my children, based on who I am as a person, then I can be able to be get more clarity on what I need to do and how I need to go about it. Yes. Yeah. That was yeah so beautifully said because I think especially now with like the hustle and bustle of like social media and Facebook, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to get camouflaged in what other people's beliefs are, what other people's families are. And it's like, we kind of forget, like we have our own family, our own system that we need to kind of like, yeah, we can take bits and pieces from other people, Mm -hmm. but because this mom does it this way, doesn't mean we need to do it that way. Yeah. I think what you said is so important. If moms missed it, rewind and listen again and again, because (laughs) I think that's, yeah, so important to hear about defining motherhood for yourself. Don't let society define it for you. Right. Right. Amazing. I I feel like I could talk to you forever. We're going to like lose track of time, but I just want to, I always like to end these with fun thinking questions. So if you could have a billboard made today where you could share one tip with moms everywhere, what would you have it say? I, that's a good one. I have so many, but the one that I would say is breathe. There is no manual. There's no manual and there shouldn't be. Cause like we just talked about it's, it's individual. It's an individual journey. It's your journey. You get to define what it looks like. And when you define what it looks like, you get the clarity on how you can live out that life authentically as you, boldly as you, and confidently as you, and never having to sacrifice me, Mm -hmm. never having to sacrifice me. Um, I, I believe that motherhood is not the epitome of womanhood. It is a part of womanhood, but it is not the epitome of it. And so after the children are out of my home, who am I? Am I living a life that really honors me as a person and in turn honors my role as a mother as well? So breathe. There is no manual. You're writing one as you go, which you may never publish because it's yours. (laughs) (laughs) Safekeeping. I love that. And of course, where can everyone follow you, find your courses, your help and all that good stuff? Yes, you can follow me. I live on Instagram of cup full of me at cup full of me on Instagram. And on there in my bio, you can also find the link to the free guide on overcoming overwhelm. It's a free guide for moms and steps that can help you to be able to overcome the overwhelm and have a strategy that will help you in your day-to-day. And also there you can uh, schedule to talk with me and hit me in the DM, whatever it is. I'd love to connect with you and anyone. I'm on a serious mission to make sure that nobody has to experience what I experienced. And so at Cup Full of Me, you're going to find me on Instagram. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was so great talking with you. I feel like we thank just you, Krista. covered so many awesome topics. So thank you. Thank you. I am honored and I'm so excited that you and I got to have this conversation. All right, guys, it's time for our mom tales of the week. And like I said earlier, 
This was a really good one. We had so much fun reading through these because like I could just picture them. They're good. Okay, so we asked, what's the funniest or weirdest reason you cried while pregnant? And man, you guys did not disappoint. We actually have so many responses because we just couldn't pick our favorites. Okay, number one, Ashley. I cried because McDonald's forgot my hash brown. I went into work in tears. My boss then went to McDonald's to buy me a new one. Well, that's a really nice boss. I can see that when you get your hopes up, you know, you really want that hash brown. I get it. Okay, number two, Marissa. I cried when someone thanked me for working. I was working at a university cafeteria and it was Thanksgiving break. We stayed open for the students that don't get to go home. Oh, that's so sweet. They're probably like, thanks, like her. Thank you. Okay, number three, Hannah. Because I was frustrated that my jeans didn't fit. What else can I expect when a baby's on the way? Hey, that's, that's very frustrating though. I mean, maybe you didn't expect it so soon. Okay, number four, Amanda. I cried in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven because it was 3 a.m. and I couldn't find pickles in my town. A police officer pulled up next to me and he went home to get his personal jar of pickles for me. Oh my gosh. What town do you live in? That's amazing. I love that you had to like explain it to a police officer. Like, hi, um, I'm pregnant and I really want pickles right now. Um, I just can't find them anywhere. That's so sweet of him. Number five, Michelle. We were in the process of moving and I wanted all my scrapbooks in the same box. My husband looked at me and said, what does that matter? It's all going in the same spot. He was putting them in the boxes for the dining room area and I cried eight months pregnant. Oh, you just wanted them all together. Oh my God, I love these. Number six, Michaela. I took a strawberry yogurt out of the refrigerator and started crying immediately because I knew how good it was going to be. I literally stood there in the refrigerator door sobbing. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. I'm surprised you just, you couldn't wait and just had to start eating it. But you just want to really savor that moment. Number seven, Maddie. Chili's forgot my salsa and I really thought it was going to be the end of the world. Okay. If you're in the restaurant, like they could easily bring it to you. But I get from this that it was pickup. And if it was pickup and you went all the way home, yeah, I, I could see that being the end of the world or feeling like it, especially being pregnant. I could see that. Okay, number eight, Rel. I took a bite of a stuffed crust pizza and it was so warm and cheesy and yummy. I started bawling out of pure happiness. Oh my gosh, you and uh, you and Michaela get along when something just tastes so beautiful. I mean, it all adds up. It's amazing. Number nine, Amber. Didn't cry because I was too pissed. This kid at Kroger took the last honey bun. Oh, jeez. I didn't even want one until I noticed him grab it. Had to go to a different store to get one. <laughs> You're like, do do do, like shopping around. He takes the last one. You're like, wait, I wanted that. But you're like, I didn't actually want it. 
But when something all of a sudden sounds really good and you're like craving it, you like need it that moment. I get it. I get it. You're like, damn it. Why, why do you take the last one? Okay. Number 10, Christy. I cried whenever I saw kids getting on and off the school bus. Weird to say this. I don't know why. It's emotional. I mean, even if your kids aren't that old, you then, especially if you're pregnant, you're picturing your kids and like getting on and go, like leaving for day or yeah, I feel like that would be emotional. You're not weird. I got you. Okay. Number 11, Giselle. I saw an old man driving alone on the highway. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love this. That's so sweet. I mean, can't say I've cried at that before, but like there are times when I see like an old, like an old man driving alone and I'm like, oh, where's his family? Or is he going to see his family? Like, is he okay? I hope he has like grandkids. Number 12, Jessica. I thought my whole family hated me at one time because no one was liking my posts. Turns out I had my whole account to where I could only see what I posted. <gasps> classic, classic. But by the way, side note, even if you don't have it like that and you have it public and no one likes your post, doesn't mean people hate you. Facebook's just weird. Sometimes people don't see stuff, but I get that. Number 13, Lindsay. Two days ago, I cried because I don't have a Christmas tree up yet. Wait, I have to read this again. <laughs> Two days ago, I cried because I don't have a Christmas tree up yet. Girl, it is September, my watch, it is September 6th. I think you're good. She goes, your girl has never put one up before Thanksgiving. <laughs> you're just really ready for Christmas. You know what? I have to say this year more than any other year, I am so excited for fall. Like I know it's almost fall, but not technically yet. I'm so excited for fall and winter. What? Like, if you would have asked me as a child, I never, never would have said that. I was like such a summer girl, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Summer. Thank you. I'm good. Like I'm ready for the, you know, 50, 60 degree. I mean, we get really cold here. Okay. Not 50, 60 fall weather, 50, 60s. I like that. I like sweater weather winter. I don't want that cold, but oh, you cried because your Christmas tree wasn't up. Number 14, Miranda cried today because my dog has an, had an accident on the floor and I yelled at her. Then I felt like a horrible dog mom, which made me feel like I'm going to be a horrible mom. Then I snapped back into reality and realized I was being crazy. Oh, I can totally get how it would just like keep going. You're like, Oh no, I feel so bad. Why did I do that? All right. Number 15, Shay, my boyfriend hit a butterfly while driving. For whatever reason, that was traumatizing. <laughs> okay, one, this might be stupid, but I didn't know you could hit a butterfly. I mean, I guess it, duh, like bugs, like get killed on windshields all the time. But like butterflies, they just seem so like graceful and like they would move out of the way. That's sad, especially if it's a monarch. Monarchs are going extinct, guys. It is traumatizing. Okay, this one I love. I read it online and I was cracking up because I know her too. 
So this is Kristen Sarando. This is our local IBCLC. We have her on the show from time to time. This is good. Uh, my husband had taken me to a fancy dinner and on the way home, I was still hungry and made him stop at McDonald's. I dropped my McDonald's fries on the floor as I entered into my house. I proceeded to sit on the ground, cry and eat them one by one, dipping them in barbecue sauce. Oh my gosh, I totally get that. Especially when you're like so set on these fries and they smell, McDonald's fries smell so good. Like even if you don't eat them, they smell amazing. But I've gotten to the, I've literally had food and I've dropped it as I've like walked in the door. It's the worst. Cause you're like literally like your mouth's drooling, salivating, thinking about it. Well, at least you still ate them, you know, and you're all good. Little, little dirt doesn't hurt anybody. Oh my gosh, I love these. If you're in our Facebook group, go through the posts. There's, I, I think there's over 50 comments. There's, and they keep getting notifications that there's, that there's more. We had so many comments on this. I love these. Oh, we got a good one. Sneak peek for next week. We have a good question for next week. We're going to ask, tell us your weirdest pregnancy cravings. Ooh, this is going to be good. All right, guys, that's all I have for this week. Thanks to everyone that was vulnerable and shared their very deep crying moments while pregnant. These were too good not to share. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Mom Talks with Krista podcast. For more information about this show, past shows, or to check out our YouTube channel, please see our show notes. If you loved the show, please share it with your mom tribe. The bigger, the better. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.